It is uh, great to celebrate baptisms, uh, and uh, in a couple more weeks, we're able to celebrate a few more baptisms together right here in this location. And so this is my question to you. Is this your next step? Have you made, have you stepped across and been obedient to Jesus and his request of you to be baptized? If that's where you're at right now, we would love to know that. Put that on your Connect card and uh, we'll follow up with you. Hey, uh, before we get started with the message and conclude our series that I've been in uh, for these last three weeks, I want to tell you about something new that uh, has just happened. We kind of anticipated it. And we love to work with our neighbors in our community, our partners in our community. Uh, In a few weeks, we will have the opportunity as a a church family to facilitate facilitate Trunk or Treat for the Estabrook community. Uh, So on October, Thursday, October 20th, uh, I I want you to just kind of be prepared for that. Uh, There are different ways that you can participate. You can host a trunk. Uh, you can be participating in several different ways, uh, but it's fun to work with Mr. Johnson and uh, the school across the street that we have been partnering with for uh, all the 10 years that I've been here and to see how we can uh, create this environment to flourish even more than it already has. There's just some beautiful things. I will tell you this, as we're sitting there, Mr. Johnson himself was like, you know, I've, I've, I've got to think about what I can do for my trunk. That maybe you need to be thinking about that too. Now, the cool thing is one of the things that I believe is essential with a trunk is not how scary it can be, but how interactive it can be, especially for those of us who understand the need of relationships, the need of interaction with those who are coming around. So that's, you know, when we were talking, I said, you know, whatever you do, make some short game where you have some interaction, some connection. Uh, he, he knows how to do that stuff. But uh, that would be my advice. So as you're thinking and preparing, that's what I would ask you. So uh, prepare for October 20th. It'll be a a great opportunity of many that we will have with the Esterbrook community across the street. Well, last few weeks, we've been talking about uh, new seasons, new seasons. And in new seasons, I I don't know about you, I generally desire uh, new fruit, Uh, I don't desire the old fruit. It's probably eaten or gone or rotten. Uh, What I desire is new fruit in the new season. But sometimes we forget how fruit comes to fruition, how we are able to pick that new fruit. So as we finish this up, I wonder if you've ever thought about this. You ever wonder about successful people? Whatever that means to you. Whatever area of life you consider the successful really doesn't matter, but have you ever thought about their practices? Have you ever thought about their training, what they do? How did they make that thing happen in their life? What are those practices? It's not like the guy that I read about this last week in MLive who, who was from Ohio and bought a lottery ticket on a lark and won the Michigan lottery from Ohio. That should, you know, really thrill us, I think, or something like that. It's not those type of practices, uh, but it's, it is really interesting to consider how do successful people get where they're at? Now, you can read a lot of books about it, but there are, there are just a few truths that I think that the Bible tells us that are true about this. 
but before we get to that, I think this is a true statement. Successful people do consistently what others do occasionally. It's true. Uh, across the board, right? Uh, there's, very, there's something very true and liberating about this truth, right? No matter where you come from or what you come from, this is a true statement, right? Whether you're trying to pay off your house mortgage, uh, credit card debt, whether you're trying to make it through school, whatever it may be, this is a truth. So if somebody has a godly marriage, I know that when Kathy and I were coming up through, there were people that we spotted and went, oh, we like how they do life. We like how they keep Jesus at the center and how they do their family life, right? How does this happen? Well, it doesn't happen by accident. I've learned. It doesn't happen by accident. You ask them. And what you'll find is that they have consistent tenacity towards the areas of having a godly marriage. They make uh, Jesus the center. They make Bible a part of it. They make prayer a part of it. They make community a part of it. They put that in there. They put date nights in there. And they remind themselves on a regular basis, uh, even though my kids are a part of my life now, my marriage was always first. My wife or my husband was always first. I don't know a person who accidentally got close to Jesus. Do you? Anybody? Just kind of like bumped into him? There's a tremendous amount of surrendering to God and dying to self in order to get close to Jesus. Uh, it doesn't come any other way. Uh, scripture's pretty clear about that. Just read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and you'll find that Jesus, on a regular basis, addresses his own disciples about issues that they need to deal with in order to, to follow him well. Uh, I mean, we need to grow in our understanding that in intentions don't determine our directions. Actions determine our direction. So whatever we do will determine where we'll go or who we'll be. We all know this, but sometimes we kind of slip off that understanding, right? We kind of move off of that understanding. You're hoping for a new fruit and a new season, hoping for a different future. It has to take more than intention. You have to have actions around it. You have to be practicing habits that actually train your mind, body, and heart in a right relationship and a right direction, if you will, towards God in this way. So wherever in life you want to change, whatever you want to see different in your life, whether it's your finances, your friendships, your children, business, your relationship with God, you're going to have to put in some consistent tenacity in each one of those areas to make and see a difference. It just doesn't happen. I have friends who, uh, on the whole agricultural end, they'll plant something and recognize that they have not tended to that plant, whatever it is, for a long time, and they recognize that they cannot expect anything of merit off of that tree, that bush, or that plant. It's just not going to happen. And it's the same way with us. So it is the small things that leads to the big results that everybody wants. It is. It's the small things. I know there's a book out there that says don't smell, sweat the small stuff. But I would argue vastly different. Uh, even if you, uh, I don't know how your team did yesterday. I'm going to bellyache a little bit. 
my team didn't do so well. And I will bet that talk will be talking to his players about not the big things, but the small things that make the difference. Uh, Ty coaches at his school. He does not talk about the big things of the game. He talks about the little things that make the dramatic differences in our lives or in the game that he's coaching. It is the way it works. It is the consistent tenacity and faithfulness to the small things over time that yield the results that we desire to see. But this, right, this is the difficulty. This is the difficulty. How how many of you uh, have ever uh, bought something as seen on TV? Anybody? Yeah, yeah, we all, like... I think I told this story before. When our middle daughter was uh, being born, the doctor was, <laughs> I, I, Home Shopping Network must have been on, and he asked the nurse to write down the, the number to get this thing that, like, uh, you know, helps to cut grapefruit or something like that, because he was like, I've been looking for this thing. I don't know if it worked for him. Uh, I do remember talk, talking to him about it uh, at the n- next birth. Ask him if he used it. I mean, it's crazy, but we're all like, that's got to be the best thing, right? We're all looking for the pill to, you know, to lose weight. We're all looking for that stuff, right? Because we've been conditioned by immediate gratification in our culture and our world. We just want it now. We want to win the lottery and have all our money in our pockets. And if it wasn't any, if it wasn't just innate to us probably humanly, from the very beginning, in some ways, after the fall, technology has definitely sped it up in us. This idea that we can have what we want and want it now and have satisfaction with it. We might be able to have what we want and get it, but satisfaction is a far cry from it. So we need... I think to really, in new seasons of our life, and if you're in a new season or you want to create that place, put a stake in the ground. We talked about this a few weeks ago. We have new seasons all the time. We're like, there's a new season in my health. There's a new season in my education. We put these down. If we want to have a new season in those areas and see fruit, we have to have tenacity. Tenacity. It's this idea of to grasp firmly to be determined and not let go. I mean, we have to. Now, does God hold on to you? Absolutely, I believe that God does hold on to you. But he expects the equal response on our part. It's, it's got to work both ways. He calls it out for us. So, we haven't got to the scripture yet, but we're getting it. So would you please stand with me as we honor the reading of God's word with our, the posture of our bodies, if you are able. Galatians 6 says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows, whatever he sows to please, whoever whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the spirit, from the spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. This is God's word for God's people. Let's pray. Father, we ask you by the power of your Holy Spirit and the truth of your word that you would speak to us, 
empower us to live with consistent tenacity. Uh, Dying to ourselves, uh, living according to your spirit, honoring you in the small things and seeing you, Lord. Uh, Trust us with even more because we have been faithful with the little. We pray this in Jesus' name and everybody said, amen. You may be seated. Thank you. This passage, written by Paul, is prophetically power-packed. It it absolutely is. I want to take you through the next few moments and bring this to greater life, if I may. Now, the incredible thing about this principle, it's not only a biblical principle, it is a, uh, that is for, in the spiritual realm, it is a principle that's laid down across all of life all of life it's kind of like gravity it has a similar pull as it so the first truth is this we reap what we sow we reap what we sow i'm going to ask a question and you can respond if you'd like Uh, if you plant corn what will you reap corn what's that derek Every time you put a certain type of seed in the ground, you get a harvest that corresponds with the seed that was planted. You could say, uh, like Paul said, paraphrasing, but if we plant bad seeds, we get a harvest of destruction too, right? If we plant godly seeds and godly habits, over time we tend to have a godly harvest. In fact, speaking of the negative side of this, if we continue to sin, if we're disrespectful to people, if we're selfish or angry, unforgiving or bitter or harsh or we hate people, we can go on. This is going to come back to you in multiplying factors. Scripture is clear. Uh, We see this in the Old Testament. Hosea 10.13 says, But you have planted wickedness, You have reaped evil. In other words, you've done done things ungodly. You've sinned. And because of what you've planted, what have you reaped? Not good things, but you've reaped evil. Imagine any facet of life, any area of your life where you do the wrong thing. Why would you ever, why would I ever, Expect to reap a good thing from a wrong thing. Uh, Take your job. If you show up late all the time, if you come in with a bad attitude and you have a half-hearted approach to what you do, why would you ever expect to get promoted? It just won't happen. In fact, I saw an article, again, in MLive. These get played out all the time. It's amazing. Where uh, an employee took her employer to court on a, uh, on some, uh, because she got fired and she thought it was for one reason. I wasn't there. All I'm saying is what the court said. And the reality is, is she got fired because she just didn't come into work. She wanted it to be for another reason because she would have won big and it would have played into uh, some of our society's ways of thinking. But because she was tardy and did not come to work she got let go it is amazing it's amazing so 
if you're lustful and selfish and you view porn and you're using people and you're hoping to have a godly marriage, it probably is not going to come to that fruition. There's fruit that you're going to bear, but it's not what you think. If you find yourself in a really uh, rough place one day, why is that? It could be, it could be, don't hear me, I didn't say it, it is, but it could be because you're reaping a harvest from the seeds that you've sown. If you eat anything you want, like, hey, remember we talked about this a few week, uh, weeks ago, the donuts that are always in the lunchroom or maybe even at church we had last week, those Twinkies or chips, anytime, whatever, and you don't exercise, you don't take care of your body, and let's just say, eh, for conversation piece you go home and every Friday you drink a six-pack and uh, then it's Saturday and you got to celebrate with a six-pack on Saturday right what are you going to come back with you're going to come you're going to be overweight eventually right I mean you're going to reap what you sow it's nobody did it to you you actually have a harvest of what you've been doing I, I know I know this sounds really harsh right? It does. It sounds really harsh. But somebody would say, hey, wait, wait a second. Some of the stuff that you don't like about your life or in your life may just be uh, the harvest you're reaping. Not all of it, but some of it may be. It's, but this is the truth. If you don't like what you're reaping now, change what you're sowing. Change what you're sowing. Change the seeds. Uh, do something different. So I'm going to ask you, there may be some areas of your life you realize, oh, wait a second, Uh, I want to have this at the end of my life. I I want to be here, but I'm heading there. I mean, you can see it. You know it. So the question is, how are you going to sow seeds differently now to reap a harvest of where you want to be? How are you going to sow seeds now to where you want to be? It's tough, but there's truth in it. Pick an area. Uh, Pick in any area. It could be just one area because, to be honest, we can't work on every area at the same time. We'd like to, but that's pretty overwhelming. You might just want to start thinking about that. Let the spirit settle on you in these next few moments so you can reap that change that you're looking for. Truth number two from this passage in Galatians, we reap more than we sow. We reap more than we sow. God multiplies the seed sown. Check this out. In Mark 4, 20, it says, And the seed that fell on good soil represents those who hear and accept God's word and produce a harvest of 30, 60, even 100 times as much as they planted. So just take the principle of planting. Let's say you had an ear of corn. And that ear of corn, you planted all the seeds. See how the principle works? It's pretty easy. You realize that when those seeds grow, they're going to, produce maybe one, two, three, or four ears of corn that now have multiples more than what you ever had before. And it can happen in one, one small generation of planting, good or bad, good or bad. You know, when I, when I love Kathy, when I honor her, when I bless her, she, in turn, does the same for me. When I give her a hard time, uh, she has a lot of grace and a lot of love. You've heard about that, and it's true. But I am going to reap a harvest of what I sow. It is just the way it works, folks. 
And as you're laughing, you know that to be true, I see. So let's take a look at this, just this little equation that may help put it in some of our minds a different way. Small wise choices plus consistency plus times equals a radical difference. Uh, Just seeing that, though, some of us have a pushback on the table because we still still have this, this gut reaction that says, no, I can be a millionaire tomorrow. I can, I can have it all right now. Possibly for how long? What's the conditions of the soil? I mean, there's so many things. But putting in an equation like this for me just kind of spells it out in a way that it just visually kind of, oh, whoa, wait a second. So let's look at it. Uh, walking. Let's just say you started walking, right? You just started, decided to go walk around the block every day, whatever the block is for you. And then you began to just eat a little bit less on your plate. And then you, not only just eating a little bit less, but you then decided to eat a little bit healthier. I mean, just small increments, small wise decisions over a long period of time have incredible incredible benefits. So you're a student. I I know I was there. I was uh, as much of a procrastinator and can be even to this day as some 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 of my behaviors back then. But if, let's say, you did the assignments when the assignments were given. You actually did the readings as they were supposed to come out. Uh, you, you then were able to, whether it's online or in person or you're in high school in class, you then have the ability to actually engage potentially in those conversations with a little bit of uh, background behind the material. And then over time, when you got to the test, you realized that not only did you know the, know the answers to the test or you knew it better than you would have otherwise, but then you had the content ingested it became a part of who you are, and you can then de- determine whether uh, stuff needed to be shed, especially if you're talking vocationally, stuff that needed to be let go, and that other stuff needed to be hung on to. How about this? You want to be a godly person. Uh, you want to you follow Jesus. Well, Scripture is clear. Reading God's word is a path in which he has an expectation that we would do that. Psalm 119 is very clear. And other places throughout Psalm 1, in fact, is another place. Uh, Joshua is another place where he says, look, meditate on my word, right? But then, uh, then you ha- they have this other part because it's, it's not just reading his word because you want to, as New Testament followers of Jesus, we want to be empowered by the Spirit and we want to hear God's voice we then start to communicate with God on a regular basis. We often call that prayer. I think communicates a better, better way of saying it in some ways because prayer often is this one, one direction, but that we're communicating. We sit and listen as much as we talk or share or ask or request. And then we realize, wait a second, the, the context of Scripture that was handed down historically is not... Uh, the context of individuality. It is actually uh, put into the context of community and communally hashing it out and talking about it and seeing it lived out. 
I mean, these are just three practices that are uh, prevalent, uh, Old Testament to New Testament, that become, that become people of God, that God desires to bring about. And small, wise choices, consistency, plus time equals the radical difference we have. The knowledge we have then bears out to be wisdom, as Proverbs tells us, not just knowledge that we throw out. So I got to thinking about this. When do people make their most significant impacts in life? Uh, For some of us who are, uh, we're all over the age in this room, we really are, Uh, But when do people make their significant contributions in life? Some of you who are younger may not like to hear this because you're told otherwise. But my research tells me that those people that are between the ages of 50 and 70 make the greatest impacts in their world. By the time they get to the 50, there's consistency in their life and some things that they've learned that they're able to pass along. And They're not the only ways. We all have peaks in our age categories, if you will. But it's rather interesting that those those people that win uh, the Nobel Peace Prize, those who made significant impacts politically, those who make significant impacts scientifically and otherwise are generally people who are not on the younger sphere, but actually those who are on the older. And I think this this is what transpires. They're reaping what they sow. Whether it's good or bad, I think it's rather interesting. It's something to pack away, maybe even plant around what you're doing. This is the third principle. We reap after we sow. We reap after, after we sow. You reap in a different season. Okay, you're in a new season and you want to see fruit, but it will not happen in this season, more than likely. It's not easy. Uh, most of us want to plant something in the ground and we want to see the fruit of it immediately. Uh, We can with some plants, we do see that, but uh, with many plants or many agricultural things, it takes a while to see the fullest production of of that fruit. So we have to remember that we reap after we sow. And this can just be instantaneously discouraging. I mean, even as I say it, you're like, really? Uh, mean, mean, if I if I put 15% of my income away every every year, that it I, I'm I'm not going to be ready for retirement in five years? Uh, probably not. Probably not. You got a little bit longer to go. But the consistency of putting away has compound interest for you. You can talk to your financial consultant afterward. Uh, but I believe there's some truth to that. The same thing in our spiritual lives as living for the Lord. We have this tendency to think that if we pray about something or we plead God for something that, you know, that it's going to get wrestled out in the immediacy. Even the songs we sang earlier, some of you probably went, wait a second, does he come through? Is he in a, will he give us the victory in the battle? Uh, Yeah, I think so. Uh, Maybe not in the way that you think. Maybe not in the way that you desire. But he will if you stick with him. He will show you. He will caress your heart. He will work on your mind and show you how it's fruitful for the kingdom. It's not about you. It's about him. 
I think he does. So how do you make these small incremental things? I, a lot of them work back uh, into the financial realm. They tend to pay off quickly. So, you know, so all month long you don't buy expensive coffee. Uh, you may do your own. And but lo and behold, you save $100 in the month that can go to something else. And boy, do I love my coffee, let me tell you. I can tell you how to skirt some of that and get better coffee. I can. We wrongly conclude, though, because it's only $100, that it's just insignificant. I mean, seriously. We go, only 100 I think we wrongly conclude that it's insignificant. Uh, why is that? Why is it that we forget? Be, we forget because I think we forget who we are and we forget our story. You see, our, our lives are the sum of small decisions we make, of small decisions we make. It, the problem is, even though we want similar things, I, I think most of us do, we want to have healthy bodies, godly marriages, healthy, healthy godly relationships, uh, be uh, vocationally tapped in into our workplaces, all of those things. You know, we all want those things. The problem is, is that we that if our identity is wrong, this is a couple weeks ago now, our identity of who we are is wrong, then our cycle is bad. We tend to think when our identity is off of Jesus, we tend to kind of think when things are going negative that we're bad, that I'm pathetic, I'm nothing, I'll never change. When things don't happen in the way that they should or we think that they should, that I'll never amount to anything. Or if you're, if you're one of those, you know, you're, you're in that place. Uh, you know, and you start to think about yourself in a way that is negative. Not the way Jesus looks at you, not the way the Lord looks at you, but the way the evil one, the Satan, we talked about this, whispers in your ear. You do something negative or bad, he tells you on the other side of it that that's who you are. God doesn't say that. He looks at, you, looks at you, he looks at our friends and says there's redemption as possible. The evil one says there's no redemption possible. Don't ever forget that. And what happens is that just reinforces, that cycle continues to be reinforced in us. But what we have to remember is that we are in Christ. The old is gone and he has made everything new. And because we're in Christ, his spirit gives us strength which helps us to do the right things to do them in the right directions. When we're walking in the Spirit, remember we talked about this, uh, I think a couple weeks ago, uh, we, that we're walking in the Spirit, not running in the Spirit, we walk in the Spirit. Walk in the Spirit, uh, not gratifying the desires of the flesh, not, it's not by our power, it's by His power. Christ in me is stronger than the wrong desires in me. Christ in me is stronger than he, the evil. So because of that, we know who we are then we know exactly what to do. And because we know who we are, we're not trying, to, we're not, we're not trying anymore. We're training ourselves. We're, we're doing the right next wise thing. We're making that right, right next decision. We're working towards a harvest incrementally with the Lord in a way that honors him. Here's how we judge, here's how we judge the success of our days. Let me tell you, we do it, we do not judge the success of the day by the harvest of the day. We 
but by the seeds we sow. What seeds are you sowing? You see, it it changes things. What seeds are you putting out there? Did we honor God today by the seeds that we sow? You become successful, not someday in the future, but you become successful by the seeds you sow today. This very day. Those then are built upon and it changes it changes who we are it changes our identity right you reap what you sow you reap more than you sow and you reap after you sow you want to sow seeds of godliness today righteousness today it's your opportunity to build on who god says you are and what he says about you he tells us in galatians 6 9 let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up the key is here, if we do not give up. Uh, one day in the springtime, and a season later, you'll wake up and you'll realize your hard work, your discipline, your sacrifices, your faithfulness, it was never ever wasted. It was being stored up for harvest for you. One day, in the f- one day as you sow seeds today for harvest in the future, the field will be ripe. I promise. One day, one day you wake up and your, your marriage is better than you thought it ever could be because you were sowing seeds every single day in the right direction, godly, righteous ways. You realize that. You, you realize, it, maybe you're, you realize that you've made those seeds of success and your pounds lighter one day. You go, whoa, how this oh, I know how this happened. It it happened because I I trained myself in godliness in regards to my body. One day you realize you're you're debt-free or you're, you're free of some encumbrances and it wasn't automatically, it was over a period of time. One day you realize you've said, I I don't know if I could ever lead a community group, ever ever help students in their godliness through A29. I I don't even think I could be in the kid zone because that's not where I'm at. But then you realize because you continue to sow seeds of godliness, you continue to wrap yourself with God and around him that you can and you are and now you're involved. You're able to do those things because you, you realize that you're sowing seeds for harvest ahead and you will reap more than you would ever know. The tenacity in this new season is the fruit in the next. The tenacity, the consistent tenacity in this season is fruit in the next. Someone, someone will look at you and go, man, you're lucky. And just like every other story that you have heard or maybe every story you've heard, I'm not lucky. Let me tell you how I worked this and worked it hard. As Brother Ray will say, and oftentimes he does when he's praying and different other times, he'll say, you just have to do it, thanks to Nike, right? You just have to do it. You tell them that you're faithful and you are consistent. And what they, what they won't see because they'll never see it, is that faithfulness of sowing every single day. It's just the way it works often. They won't see that you overcome self-doubt. 
or the insecurities. They won't, they won't be around, not everybody will be around when you realize they, that confessing your sins freed you from something that was holding you in bondage. There may be a few friends, because we know that confessing one to another brings healing, right? They won't see that you failed and that you dusted yourself up and got back up. You, they won't see this, but friends, don't let the culture fool you. Don't let the spirit of the age fool you for one moment that you can have what you want and yield it in a way that is godly and righteous. It's dangerous. It's dangerous to fall into that trap. What they won't see is you praying and fasting and seeking God and depending only on him. They won't see the early mornings and the late nights that you put in with the Lord and all of that. They won't see you enduring criticism and showing back up and going, you know what, I'm here and I'm here to serve the very people that may have the greatest criticism. They won't know nothing about the grind, the perseverance, your private pain, the small, consistent, consistent tenacity of disciplines that you put in day in and day out. And yes, you're going to fail. Not every day is going to be perfect or maybe a day is missed. I get that. But that is what makes somebody who's successful, not only in the world, but godly successful too. Do you want to reap a harvest of righteousness? Don't give up. Don't give up. We have to be tenaciously consistent with the small stuff of our lives. God is completely faithful to us. Allow us, allow us to be tenaciously consistent with the small stuff that turns into this harvest of righteousness in the next season. It is the way of the kingdom. It's the way of Jesus. It is the, what he calls us to. So let me ask you, I told you towards the middle of the message I was going to ask you this. So what is it? What did the Lord drop into your lap? What did he say to you? What, what seeds are you going to sow in this, next, in this season that will change the direction of where you're going? What does he want you to change? Maybe it has nothing to do with what you want to change, but he said, uh, snap, gotcha. Holy Spirit's pinged you. Every morning, on, uh, every, every Sunday morning, we gather and we pray at the front. We pray for our teams that are, that are organized throughout our facility. But we pray for the Holy Spirit because we believe that the Holy Spirit speaks that he actually has a word for us, a word for you. So where is it? Where is the seed that you're going to sow in this next season? What harvest do you want to reap in the days ahead? Let's pray. Well, Heavenly Father, you have promised us that as we as we follow you as we 
sows seeds for a future harvest of righteousness that, Lord, we will, we will bear a, a harvest of that righteousness. Father, we, we want to do that. We, we want to be about that. That may mean a, a godly marriage, having godly children, finances that honor you in all ways. A, a, a mind about our workplace that's, that's about what you have given us, given to us as a gift to do, not that we have to do. That's a burden to bear. I, I'm not sure what it is, Lord, but Father, we, we want to reap a harvest of righteousness harvest of righteousness in our relationship with you first and foremost but in everything that we do around us for your glory so that your kingdom may have its presence here among us and around us so Lord I, I pray that I have friends who have, who have seed that they want to sow for a new for a righteous harvest they, they realize and recognize that the seeds that they're sowing now will, will, will reap a harvest of what they do not want. We need, Father, your, your tenacity that comes by your Spirit so we can be consistent in the small things that matter, that make the big difference. Lord, would you help us? We hold out our hands literally or figuratively right now and just say, help us. Give us the ability to be tenacious as followers, allowing you to bring about a harvest of righteousness through us. And we recognize that the harvest looks like a richer relationship with you potentially, or it does look like a richer relationship with you, but it may have other facets that you're asking us for. So Lord, help us to plant the right type of seeds to bring you honor. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you have yet to say yes to Jesus. Uh, you, you realize the seeds that you're planting will will harvest a broad way. One of destruction and desolation. Realize that there's seeds only for this world and its ways. And you have, again, yet to say yes to Jesus. Today is your day. Jesus invites you. He doesn't command you. He doesn't exhort you. He invites you to say yes to him. To a different way of living and loving. If that's you this morning, just simply pray this prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for your mercy, grace, and love found in and through Jesus. Save me and forgive me for my sins because of Jesus. 
I give you my life and choose to follow, love, and live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Father, will you, you allow this new season that we're in as a community, as families, and as individuals to sow seeds of righteousness, of godliness, that will honor you and reap a harvest that's 30, 60, 100 times what we could even imagine or think. With great anticipation, we pray in the power of Jesus' name.